0: Truck month is on now. Get 1.49% financing for up to 72 months on a 2022 Chevrolet Silverado 1500. Plus, eligible Costco members can receive a $750 bonus on select trucks. Conditions apply. Visit chevroletoffers.ca.
1: This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember,
2: nothing feels as good as making others feel good. Those so-called feel-good holiday films? They can't hold a gingerbread-scented candle, the feeling of giving them something that gives them all the feels make this
1: december one to remember together click the banner to discover more experience amazing at your lexus dealer The Peskin Report is sponsored by High and Happy Catering out of Springfield, Massachusetts. Their chef, Michael Best, can
2: cook anything you want with or without being infused with cannabis. Check out some of what they make on their Instagram at High and Happy Catering or call them at 413-785-8999. You'll be happy you did.
3: Welcome to the Pesky Report, a podcast for Red Sox fans. What's going on everybody? My name is Brandon Brewer and I am here for the Pesky Report talking about the one and only Boston Red Sox. Joining me today is the long distant 4 times, uh four-timed-by-marriage-twice-removed cousin of Brad Hand, Mr. Ed, and the enigma known only as Hogdale. Gentlemen, what is going on?
1: <laughs> Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Let's I want. It. I want that opening every time.
3: If I can remember it, <laughs> and I'm sure eventually it's going to be like your grandmother's cousin's you know, I'll, I'll oh, add to it. it. We'll we'll get there eventually. <laughs> this is going to be the Sunday lineup for the 2022 season, ladies and gentlemen. So, get used to us on Sunday coming um, coming live after the the game is over. So this will be a good chance for us to kind of build some chemistry and get to know one one another a little bit better. Uh, so, guys, we just finished up the game against the Minnesota Twins, in which the Red Sox ultimately lost in the very end and you know it is what it is it's spring training but what do you think about this game ha- we, we saw that the Red Sox got out to a bit of a lead but then they were unable to hold on to it unable to keep that lead so Ed I know you were watching along with me on that game uh, what did you think is is Salamora going to be this sore spot all season long Oh,
4: that's a tough question. Just because, you know, like you said, it's spring training, so people are trying to figure stuff out there, but he was pretty inconsistent last year. The control has really been an issue for him and the long ball wasn't exactly great either. Um, he wasn't, if you look at like his ERA and his strikeouts and that stuff, he was okay last year. He was, he was actually pretty good, but just not to be trusted. And it seems like there are a few guys in the pen with that, um, kind of profile between him and, uh, we saw today, uh, Jake Diekman was also, uh, pretty, uh, inconsistent with the control Darwin's and Hernandez, we know has had that issue. So, um, you know, I think that there, it's, it's definitely something to keep an eye on. I'm not that worried, you know, it's March 27th, so I don't think that it's worth really like going, getting too upset about, but, you know, come, uh, you know, come mid-April, things could be a little different.
3: Hogdell, are you hitting the panic button on the, these, uh, these crops of relievers that were not able to hold together a lead for the Red Sox today?
1: Oh, yeah. I think I really speak for the whole fan base. This team's full of bums. They suck. We're hitting the panic <laughs> button. They lost a the spring training game. What the fuck are we even doing, fellas? Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, we well, really, lady- though, like... Fucking... Is, uh He really started... He was really solid for most of the year last year. Uh, he was actually their go-to guy with runners in scoring position or just runners on base in general for a good chunk of the season. And at the end of the year last year, he kind of started melting down in the playoffs. He was almost a non-option. So it's a little disheartening to see him like this in the spring, but he has the ability to not be terrible. So I'm going to believe in his ability to not be terrible, that it will come back in the future.
3: Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. He was he was kind of a a reliable arm out of the bullpen last season, but like Ed said, he does have his ups and downs, and he he is going to have these days where he cannot find the strike zone, much like Darwinson Hernandez, who who in his first appearance this spring struck out the side, breezed through an inning, and then since then he's looked like crap. So it, it's one or the other with these guys, and that's. Ultimately, what does make me nervous about these guys, we don't have somebody who's going to come out there and be nails almost every single time that they come out there. Yeah, we have Whitlock. Yeah, we have some of these other guys out of the pen that are good. Matt Barnes will come out there and be good until about the All-Star game, and then he'll fall off and be terrible. And it, it, it is what it is. I'm just – these are facts. And uh, the 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 bullpen is really what's what's kind of – always been the the Achilles heel of this team in my opinion um I don't know what what do you guys think about the starting rotation are they going to be able to to get out there and give the Red Sox six seven innings every single day and and limit the amount of a bullpen or are we going to have a lot of these games where the bullpen is going to be what we need in order to overcome I
4: think that's a little bit of a tricky question because we don't even really know what the rotation looks like right now. Point. We've got Sale, Sale starting the year hurt. So he's not, let's just take him out of that right now. But even, even then, we know there's Ivaldi is going to be the number one guy. Then we've got probably Nick Pavetta in the number two spot right now. And then um, Cora, I believe, said that Hauk was going to start the season in the rotation. So that's three spots that are kind of, you know, like they know what they are. But then we've got Rich Hill. We've got Michael Walker. we've got Garrett Whitlock, all people that could potentially start. I'm uh, pretty big on the Garrett Whitlock in the rotation bus. Uh, we saw him start today and really didn't look any different than uh, the bullpen Whitlock. Granted, only three innings, so kind of tough to say uh, until you see the guy go five if he's still going to be viable there, but I did like what I saw. Um... <laughs> A lot of these guys are getting stretched out for like three innings pushes though like darwin's and Hernandez, right. they're using as a three-inning guy um, moving forward it looks like um we saw that yesterday with uh, excuse me sorry i swallowed wrong um, with uh, phillips valdez had a three-inning save yesterday so it does seem like they might be going with something like that as well where you have uh have a bulk reliever or something like that i feel like strom uh matt strom is somebody they could potentially use that way as well
3: yeah. Yeah. You're right. And you know, it was interesting. You mentioned that Whitlock got the start today. And then one of the guys that came in in relief later in the game was Rich Hill, who is slated right now as a starting pitcher. So that's kind of interesting that Cora used him like that here in spring training. Um, it could be one of those things where we see like piecing together games early on in the season, because we don't have a solidified rotation right now with uh sale being out injured and you know just all the question marks that are running around in there but two guys that we know for sure that are going to be starters nathan Ivaldi and nick pavetta both looked pretty good this spring which is a a definite good thing for the red Sox.
1: man if they can come out and like just have another year like he did last year would be just so huge the way that he's been able to stay healthy these last few years has just been such a positive development like on the championship team obviously he'd, he'd be your number two like being a number one on your team it, it's it's kind of a yike and god i hope chris sale can come back after uh breaking his ribs and what can i can only assume was a intense core workout uh i just hope he can come back and look somewhat great i'm kind of I'm so I'm kind of pessimistic on Chris sale right now. I want him to come back and shove, but at the same time, like last year he had like a three e r a like what was like three seventeen three seventeen three twenty so something'm like that, but he was getting hit a ton, and like it didn't seem like the way he was pitching was sustainable, so I'm a little worried about this rotation going forward, but if they can if this rotation can do what they did last year and just pitch good enough and like where enough guys are playing over their head, the bats can carry because there are some pretty solid bullpen pieces there, especially if they do keep Whitlock in the pen or move Hauk to the pen.
3: Yeah, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. I think there are pieces in play. Um, it, it will be interesting to see what happens whenever Chris Sale does come back, if he does come back healthy, because if he comes back and he's the Chris Sale from 2018 and finally we get that guy back, then – You know, one, two, and three, your starting pitchers are going to look a lot different. That's going to give these relief pitchers a lot of needed rest, especially as we get into the dog days and down the stretch of the season where they'll be still fresh, their arms will come out there, and they'll still play. A lot of times with these teams that rely on bullpen arms, by the time it gets to late September, early October, those arms are starting to wear out, and then they get lit up in the playoffs, and that's not the time that you want to get beat around. Um, you know, just, to to talk a little bit of the stats a little bit in the two starts for Nathan Evaldi this year, he's, uh, he's, he's only worked seven innings, you know, they're, they're limiting him trying to ramp him up, but he's got nine strikeouts in that amount of time, given up a few runs, a few hits here and there, but it's not been anything too major. And then Nick Pavetta has looked absolutely amazing in six and two thirds innings with 11 Ks. This guy, he, him being on this team is a, a marvel in and of itself. Because of the the master stroke that Heim Bloom did to bring him over to the the theme and dumping uh, Brandon Workman and uh, I'm drawing a blank on the other Heath Embry, yeah, Heath Embry, the, the legend, the legend of Heath Embry, yeah, Danny McBride look alike, Heath Embry,
1: yeah, they they dumped two like mediocre bullpen pieces for like a dude with actual potential, yeah, like that's trash into treasure if I've ever seen it
3: and And, like you uh, mentioned in the in the text message, Hogdale, getting Paxton back mid season ish will be a big piece as well uh that will play kind of like how it did last year with Chris Sale, where you're going to be bringing back a starting pitcher at the trade deadline time frame, and you don't have to trade anything or spend a lot of money to get him so that's that's another like signature high move right there is bring a guy in to stash him for later. It worked out pretty well with with Sale last year, making a push in the playoffs. It also worked pretty well with Kyle from Waltham joining the team and being <laughs> injured, and then coming out and uh, mashing some dingers in the postseason.
4: Does anybody else, when they see Ivaldi uh, like throwing like it's midseason in the first spring trading game of the year, get a little nervous? Like, God, you've already had like two Tommy John surgeries. You're finally healthy. Don't don't overdo it, buddy.
1: No, no, yeah. it's just a, he's just built different. He just knows like what fucking Tommy John can't stop me What? I'll get a third one. Watch me. You
3: know, I don't know if you guys remember or not, but a few years back whenever Charlie Sheen had his big public meltdown and he had that, <laughs> that, was that, awesome. that interview in which he was talking about how he had tiger's blood and all this kind of stuff. When there was one, one, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> there was one quote from that, that interview where he said, I've got one speed, one gear go. That's Nate Eovaldi, Yeah, hands down. He he only knows go. Like he's not going to go out there and be soft with it. He's not going to go out there and you know avoid trying to ramp up the fastball. He's like, no, I'm trying to hit triple digits on my slider. I'm trying <laughs> to hit triple digits on my changeup. Everything is coming at you hard.
1: I don't think I've heard a quote that ever like has screamed more. I am doing cocaine than that one. <laughs> <laughs> like. <laughs> I'm only one speed. Go. That's it. It's so true. Char
3: Charlie Sheen, that man was electric.
1: He was winning, dude. <laughs> like there's no doubt about that he was winning.
3: Um, but one of the things that we wanted to talk about on the show today was some of the standout performances of spring training. Of course, we haven't gotten to see the standout performance that is Trevor's story as of yet, because he's been with the team all of five minutes and has already requested time off. Uh um, yeah, you can
4: say that it's a storybook, uh, appearance for Trevor's wow. story when that finally happens. Oh my God. And,
3: uh, of course the reason that he's not with the team yet is because he's, uh, I guess a new father, he, he took some paternity leave. Uh, his kid happened to be born days after he signed with the team and just like what a day before he was expected to make his Red Sox debut in spring training. So the team understood the circumstance, let him go and, and be with his newborn child. And I, he should be back this week in the next coming uh, couple of days. So yeah, don't fear.
1: All I'm gonna say is real men abandon their children. Like let's be real. Uh come on now. Like <laughs> I was gonna be, I was about to say Hogdale's looking at this, like you
4: have any idea how many of my kids
1: I've never met. Yeah. Like like listen, come on, Trevor. Man, you gotta get them on that grind set early. Well, you got you want them to rely on others. You gotta it's it's cold out here, dude. Gotta gotta the, gotta, gotta grind.
3: <laughs> the opinions of Hogdale do not reflect those of the entire pesky report.
1: <laughs> What's funny is that there are actual people in real life who comment that and like are serious. And yeah. it's like, yeah, how dare this bomb miss game? Like, yeah, he had a kid. Leave, leave him alone. It's crazy.
3: <laughs> it's almost yeah, like it's more
1: important than baseball. <laughs>
3: it's And it's not. It's not more important than baseball. It's not more important than a spring training <laughs> baseball game uh, at all. But what kind of impact is that going to have in the regular season? They're saying now that he may have a few days off at the beginning of the season, and that that'll kind of get him acclimated, get him up to real game speed a little bit you know, at his own pace rather than just throwing him in there and expecting him to perform in real games. Um To me, that says Christian Arroyo is going to be the man that's going to be plugged into second base uh while Story is getting acclimated, which if that's your backup plan, I'm good with it because when healthy, that dude is a stud.
1: I love me yeah. some Christian Arroyo. It's literally like, just stay healthy. Dude, I'm begging you. He's so fun. Like he, he's oozing with personality. He he rakes when he's up. He's clutch too. He had some really cool moments last season. And then every time he starts to put it together, boom, another knickknack injury, and he's out for like a fucking few weeks. It's I just want him to stay healthy. That's all we need.
4: Yeah. I think that it's good for Arroyo to be getting the regular at bats because he's been getting reps in right field. So I think that we're going to be seeing him getting <laughs> Not, maybe not regular, like like five times a week, but he's going to get to play and, and be in the lineup, so it's good that he's getting um, his swing ready. And as for Story, he's it's a new position for him. The whole offseason was pure chaos, so yeah, fine, take your time with him.
3: Yeah, no, no need to rush him and then break your new toy before he uh, actually gets a chance to be played with. Um, with, with Arroyo though, you know, you mentioned he's been playing right field a lot. He's been getting some reps at second base when he's in the lineup, he's a productive hitter. I think this bat is going to be too valuable for the Red Sox to keep on the bench all season. I could definitely see a scenario where he and JBJ are platooned in the outfield. We know we don't want JBJ to play. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and
2: conditions apply. See website for details. Shopify presents Cool Sheets from Aha to... <laughs> Lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed. Heat-induced insomnia. That was my Aha moment. Bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible, signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round.
3: 140 games because the the bat just doesn't really play, but the defense kind of makes up for it. So I could see a situation where JBJ plays right field at Fenway, but on the road, we have a combination of Arroyo and uh, Martinez.
4: That's smart. I hadn't thought about it specifically Fenway versus non-Fenway for right field. Um, I was looking at it more lefties and righties, but yeah, no, I think that that very well could be the case. I'm okay with, by the way, I'm okay with JBJ getting into 140 games or more. I just don't want him starting most of those. You know, he can finish it in, uh, in right field. And, <laughs> yeah, the late game uh, defensive I'm, replacement. Yeah, exactly. Like he's, I'm, I'm, I'm good I'm, with yeah. that, yeah.
1: <laughs> he's probably the, the <laughs> highest paid uh, late game defensive replacement in the history of baseball. I'm, I mean, you you put him in in key spots to steal bases because dude got
3: dude has some jets, oh, and yeah. then you leave him in as a defensive replacement. It it makes perfect sense. Like that's a very valuable and and smart way, frankly, to use JBJ this season.
4: If he gets hot, he can – I think he can still be an offensive contributor. He was terrible, almost useless um, as far as his season goes, 2021. But he was probably the best hitter on the Red Sox overall in 2020. And I know that that was a Mickey Mouse season where they didn't have real pitching and, you know, were pretty much just ass all around. But he can st- – I think I think that there's still a little more – I don't think he's a 163 hitter like he was last year. I think he's probably closer to like a 240, 15 home run kind of yeah. guy.
1: God, that 2020 season. I'm so glad that that was a shortened season. Imagine having to sit through 162 game of that 2020 pitching staff, dude. Like, oh, yeah, you one, didn't like your exact
4: godly grunt?
1: Dude, I wanted to – I was, like, I was dying watching that 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 team. It was terrible. <laughs> I remember going into that season all wide-eyed. like, okay, guys, let's do it. And just fucking that product It was so bad. That's one of the worst pitching staffs I've ever seen. <laughs> probably the worst that the Red Sox have ever fielded in my lifetime, honestly.
3: It was one of those things, like everybody was so bummed that the 2020 spring training got canceled. And then the first, you know, a hundred games of the, the 2020 season were gone. And then whenever you finally got down to it and they're like, okay, we're going to get back and play a 60 game season. After you saw a few games as a Red Sox fan, you're like, no, nah, we're just punting this one, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs>
4: I think that was when people started realizing that Ivaldi might be a little better than we thought he was. Because remember, he had that um, that really good first game. They won 14-1. Everybody was like, "Oh, wow, well, maybe we're not so bad." And it turned out nobody else in the in the rotation yeah. could uh, could throw. But he he wasn't bad that year, Ivaldi.
1: Nate was like the the meme with like the uh, the Lamborghini inside, like the mud uh, next to the mud hut. <laughs> like it was. That's water in a desert. Like just that's the oasis was Nathan Nivaldi in just a desert of terrible pitching.
3: That's that's pretty spot on because the 2020 Red Sox, that's a very forgettable team except for Nate being out there doing his thing. Um, Some, you know, a lot of these guys, they come out and they have notable spring trainings. Like JBJ had a very good spring training a few years back. And then whenever it gets to the regular season, it kind of gets lost. And then you have people saying like, oh, he can't even hit at the big league level. We've been watching a guy named Ryan Fitzgerald, Fitz Magic 2.0, out there absolutely raking this spring. Is this something that can continue or is this just a spring training enigma that will be a flash in the pan in the in the grand scheme of things?
4: Oh, man. I uh, So I love guys like Ryan Fitzgerald. And the reason for that is that he has had to work for everything in his career. He was undrafted out of Creighton, so he was already through college. Um, and then at the age of 23, uh, played in D-League ball before finally getting picked up by the Red Sox. He didn't even do that well in indie League that's the kind of the wild thing they really hit 239 there but they obviously saw something in him and uh, he ended up on Greenfield did a pretty good job there and he's kind of steadily worked his way up through the minors he's I believe 28 now uh, made it up to Worcester for a little bit last year but was mostly in double-a had a pretty good season in double-a he hit uh, 271 351 on base percentage, 505 slugging percentage. That's 30 doubles, 13 homers. Um, So he can obviously hit a bit. He draws a few walks, and they've really been grooming him as a utility guy. So he plays a little bit of everything except catcher and uh, pitcher. So you have somebody there, a little on the old side, 28, but he does everything fairly decently. Um, Jack of all trades, master of none type player. But I think that – you know he's not going to be a guy who's hitting four home runs in like a week or something like that for the most part. But he is somebody that can help your team out uh, just because of that super utility ability and you know like the no true weakness in his game. Even if there isn't like one skill that stands out above all others,
3: the one skill that truly stands out above all others with this guy is his ability to grow some good moss. Oh yeah, no that's that's a fair point. That is a very fair point.
4: That is a head of hair that man
3: has. The the mullet is absolutely amazing, and they said on the broadcast today that he's a hockey player playing baseball, which kind of <laughs> kind of made me a little bit happy because I could see that that mean old mullet skating around on some ice. Hogdale, what's what's been your opinion of Fitz Magic for the Red Sox this year?
1: They laughed at me when I said he was Ted Williams reborn. They, they laughed, <laughs> and in the meanwhile I sit here behind my uh, oversized, my comically large villain chair as I turn around. I <laughs> be <laughs> like, yeah, yeah I'm, it's just, it's cool. It's a, he's been a nice surprise. Uh, I hope he makes the team just to, for his sake. It'd be cool to see him as a super utility guy. Uh, obviously this kind of run is unsustainable. Uh, I mean, if he did do this in the regular season, he'd just be one of the best players in baseball. So <laughs> I, I don't think it's going to happen. Like it'd be pretty cool if it did, but be happy to see him. Uh, good for him.
4: Yeah, the, exposure, the exposure doesn't it, hurt him at all. Sure. Yeah.
3: yeah. It's, it's one of those things. I think uh, when you guys had the um, Van Bell interview Van a few Bell, weeks yeah. back, uh, he, he said something that really stood out where he was talking about when you're playing major league baseball or professional baseball at any level, you're really playing for every team because everybody's watching you. And, for for guys like Fitzy to go out there and have a really good spring, other clubs are no, taking notice. So his trade value and his value as a as a human being is going up right now because of the fact that he's out here balling. You know, if for some reason he's not able to be plugged into the Red Sox long term, somebody is seeing this and will be like, okay, we could use this guy somewhere.
4: That's a very good point. And um, it actually, I think it's worth saying that he's not on the 40 man roster right now. And we had him on Sox yeah. prospects listed as uh, somebody that was a candidate to get taken. If there had been a rule five draft this year, because he can immediately he's, you know, he's not really going to have, he doesn't really have a lot more maturing to do and he can immediately help a team out just because of the versatility. So yeah, it's that, that whole thing about trying out for every team really is true. And, um, of course, the 40-man roster thing, there is some competition for what really amounts to two position uh, position players left to make the team. And it's probably going to be a um, a competition between Fitzgerald, uh, Travis Shaw, Rob Retzneider, Yilber Sanchez, Jonathan Arauz. I think that it's, it's interesting because the guys on the 40-man do have a little bit of an advantage there because you don't have to shuffle them around as much. But... You know, if uh it's just clearly that much better of a fit, they'll they'll find something. And then there are also gonna be injuries and you'll need people to fill it when that happens. So I uh I would put money on a Ryan Fitzgerald debut in the majors this year, even if it's not on the uh on the uh opening day roster. I think that uh unless he gets hurt, he'll find the spot.
3: Yeah, that's that's a pretty good call, I think. I I could see it as well. And even if it's not with the Red Sox, like you said, he could be one of those rule five guys that ends up you know making a a 40 man roster with a lot of other clubs out there that are in need of good utility guys cuz this guy's played infield he's played outfield he can he can obviously hit left-handed bats are always welcome so very valuable guy right now um let's see one, one of the interesting conversations that we've had in the pesky report thread and and you alluded to it earlier, whenever you were talking about, you're a fan of Whitlock being in the rotation was we had a very lengthy conversation ab- about Hauk versus Whitlock. And a lot, it seemed like a lot of people were kind of torn. Uh, some people were very much in favor of Hauk being the starter. A lot of people were in favor of Whitlock being the starter. Um, do you think this is a situation that we could see unfold, or has Alex Cora pretty much already said Houck's a starter, Whitlock's a, a bullpen guy?
4: That's an interesting question because,
3: um, you know, if he's
4: saying that Whitlock's a bullpen guy, why are you giving him three innings today in the start? Um, I think that. There the possibility is open. I th- I don't think we're going to be seeing Hulk in the in the bullpen at least to start the year. I think that, and honestly, as much as I think he'd be a really good two inning relief guy, I think he's earned the chance to be a starter. Um, I think what he did last year down the stretch run against like Washington was really clutch, and uh, he's earned that. So we'll see what happens with him in the rotation. But I don't think that that excludes Whitlock necessarily either. Um, I think that there is honestly enough room in the in the rotation for for both of them. Uh. I think that you could use Waka in the pad. You could use Hill potentially in the pad. Or you could go with a six-man rotation. You could go with like uh, one guy gets five innings, one guy gets four innings. There's a lot of possibilities. It's not a bad problem to have.
3: You're absolutely right. This little bobblehead bottle opener that's right here that I'm pointing at for the the viewers to be able to see, that is uh, a Tampa Bay Rays pitcher, Ryan Stanek. And if you press a button on it, it's, it says uh, in 2018 the Rays revolutionized the game of baseball by introducing a concept known as the opener, and it's kind of funny that it's a bottle opener and it says that. That's but actually really, really funny. <laughs> I
1: really but like that.
3: The the opener concept is something that the Red Sox could employ with these type of pitchers. You know, you mentioned Waka, uh, Hauk, Whitlock. These guys they they can they seem dominant over two three innings. But it's whenever they get into the, the later time seeing these batters. The second time through the, the lineup, the third time through the lineup for Houck is has been notably terrible compared to the first couple of trips. So maybe this is something that, that Cora is aware of, and that's why he's giving them multiple innings now to get them built up for that and not just like, okay, you're the eighth inning guy, you're the seventh inning guy baseball's changed
1: yeah honestly the, the way that this red Sox team is built it really is built for a lot more of those opener type string together bullpen games where yeah. like you have a lot of guys who can maybe give you a few innings but you don't trust to be a full starter as for whitlock exactly like as to, to echo your guys' points last year he only came in really like when for a clean inning and then he always went two or three so, like, they were clearly, like, in the long run, like, thinking, like, this guy can be a starter eventually. Like, we want to stretch this guy out for maybe the future. And Whitlock, I believe he led the Red Sox relievers in innings last year. which uh, was just a fantastic option out of the pen. I really am not at all adverse to seeing him in the rotation. I think his stuff really can play. Uh, obviously, I'm happy to see Hauk there as well. He might end up getting moved back if he can't figure it out the third time through the rotation. I I don't like it when people say, like, automatically, like, if you have two pitches, you can't be a starter. When In recent times, it's just not true. Kevin Gosman throws 80% fastballs or splitters. Uh, Glasnow, uh, for the Rays, throws 80% fastballs or curveballs. And there's one more. Robbie Ray won the Cy Young last year throwing 80% fastballs and sliders. So if the two pitches are good enough, you can. Like if if Whitlock or not Whitlock and how can like figure out his control later in the games because he kind of gets sloppy late in games as well and a third pitch can help offset that but like if, if he truly just becomes dominant enough with the fastball slider he can he can make it work. Yeah, that's um.
4: I think it's a good point that having two pitches doesn't guarantee
1: that you can't
4: be a starter. I think that with Hauk, at least from my standpoint, we've seen what happens when he has to go around that third time. We've seen what oh happens God. after the fifth inning. Um. So I again, I think he's he's absolutely earned the chance to start the season as a starter. I just think that if he does have, if he does end up you know, struggling, I don't think the bullpen is necessarily going to be a terrible fit for him. Um, with Whitlock, right? it's just that he has those, four, he has four pitches, and he, like, that, that changeup, he didn't have when he was a starter in the minors. He got that when he moved to the, uh, when he moved to the bullpen with the Red Sox, Matt Andrees taught him it. So that's an entirely different weapon that he never had as a starter before. Um, so I just think he he just fits to, this notwithstanding of how, whether or not he's in the rotation. I just think he's, you know, it's like putting Ivaldi in the bullpen because he's like, well, he's a really good pitcher. Let's just throw him in the, let's throw him in then. He'll be unhittable one inning a game. And it's like, yeah, but wouldn't you rather get six, two run innings out of him? I don't know.
3: Yeah, but we we also live in a time whenever Chris Sale came out of the bullpen to close out a World Series game. So <laughs> we, we do see, we do see some pretty crazy things from time to time. Uh, it, to me, I, I still think it's just unfortunate that we didn't get your 27th cousin, Brad Hand, to come and <laughs> pitch for the pitch for the Boston Red Sox because that was something that I really was hoping for in free agency this year. Um, another guy that's kind of been standing out and definitely stood out in today's loss against the Minnesota Twins is Jaron Durand. Early in spring training, he said that he's ready to go out there and have fun this year. Last year, he had all the pressure all the pressure in the world on his shoulders because he was such a, a highly touted prospect. He wanted to come out there. He wanted to be the guy right away this year. He's kind of taken a a more, you know, backseat approach to where he's like, okay, I'm going to let my skill set play. He's gotten more familiar with playing the outfield. Is this a guy that we could see come up to the major league level and make an impact this season, as opposed to where we saw him last season?
4: Oh, man. My boy, uh, my boy Cougar Bait uh, is just making those, uh, older women happy. Uh, yeah. I, um, it, it's interesting with Duran because he came up to the majors last year, and I think people were, um, really expecting him to take off like he had, um, at the beginning of the year's first season in A, because he was, you know, he went rip shit. He was hitting home runs. He was stealing bases, hitting for decent average. But the thing with the power is that that actually is a fairly recent change for him. He figured out how to do that um, during like the lost season, uh, like twenty like 2019, 2020. Um, he, there were swing adjustments that happened and people are going to catch up to you with that. You have to be able to adapt to it. And I think he probably pressed a little bit too hard. Um, but... I think that he's going to be the first guy up if there's an opportunity for the outfield. I don't know if he's going to make the team out of spring training simply because I, I don't think either. that they, I think that they want him to get you know just get his reps in, and he's not going to get that on the bench. Even though you saw today scoring from second base on a on a fly out, um, the kid has wheels. He's one of the fastest runners I've ever seen. Um, just uh, just a total total freak as far as that's concerned. And he's also just incredibly popular. That's something that if I want that serotonin high um, of posting, but I'm posting on Sox prospects, I'll do a Jaron Duran thing and I'll just get like 200 likes and feel great about myself. So, you know, <laughs> that's, uh, he's
0: people, the fan base really likes him.
3: Noted. I'll have to start pumping out the Chesky <laughs> Report graphics with Jaron Duran on it.
2: Well, the, the Go ahead, Huggdale. Um,
1: the dude's just – it's like you said speed-wise. We haven't seen a dude who can run like him probably since Jacoby Ellsbury. This dude can fly. He really just has to hit mediocre, and he'll make a big impact on the big league team just with his speed. Even if he's a bench guy, like to be able to pinch run a guy like that in a clutch situation would be so massive. I'm rooting for the guy. I hope he can figure it out. I saw like you know he made batting stance adjustments, swing adjustments this offseason. He's coming here to have fun. I I'm hoping the best for him, and I really hope he can make an impact on this team. And I think he can.
3: You know, you you did make a good point. Even if he doesn't get called up all summer long when the expanded rosters for the the postseason happens, that's a guy that will definitely get plugged in there just for those base running abilities. And Ed, you, you uh, alluded to it, but I'm going to go ahead and show the clip right now from today's game where he scored from second base on a sack fly. You know, the, the old saying is every time you go to the ballpark, you'll see something you've never seen before. This is something I have never seen before. Notice the score. Boston 0, Minnesota 1. This is Dur- uh, Duran right here on second base. And the the ball is going to get hit to deep center field through. and he's going to tag up and score. Zero it's absolutely unreal. It's I've game, never seen Kansas a guy even games. attempt this and he's going to come into your picture here in just a moment and slide across home plate.
1: plate <laughs> amazing. <laughs> uh, just absurd absolutely amazing that's built different speed just built different
3: yeah and that's that's an absolutely great call hogdale that we haven't seen elite speed like that since jacoby ellsbury and that dude whenever he was in his prime he was swiping 50 60 70 bags a season and he was like to to quote Eck, he was still in bases just to stay in shape (sighs)
4: It's in, it's it's interesting with Durham there because he doesn't he his base stealing instincts aren't quite what Elsbury's were even though he has that same just pure plus plus speed, mm-hmm. uh, but it is the kind of speed that allows you to force teams to make a mistake um, and to get. You know, to post a very high batting average on balls in play, just because the the team—if you hit a ground ball in the third, that guy's rushing like crazy. That's how you end up get like knocking it in two runs, just because he 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 just completely misses it, he overthrows yeah. it, he uh, takes his eye off of it. You know, you can force mistakes just by having that presence.
3: That's a very good point. Yeah, the the speed can is a difference maker, not just you know stealing bags or whatever, but yeah. Force an errant throw and then next thing you know, you've got more guys in scoring position that shouldn't have been there in the first place. That's a guy that I'm excited to keep an eye on as uh, spring progresses and as the season progresses, because with injuries that are inevitable in in Major League Baseball, that's a guy that I could definitely see coming up and, and making a big impact. Um, we have also this spring seen a few notable debuts. We talked about Trevor Story, and that's the one that everybody's waiting on. But we have seen the debuts of a couple other acquired free agents, in Matt Strom and Jake Diekman. And both of them haven't been as um, prosperous. Is that the word I'm looking for? Uh, haven't been as as wonderful as we we all hope that they would be. But is is there hope for these guys? I think with um, – I'm just
4: looking up. Uh, Strom, Strom's pitched fine. He's only had one appearance, struck out two, hit a guy, walked a guy. So that, that to me, is not the end of the world there. He's coming back from some knee injuries uh, stuff. And, you know, um, he's been good in the past with uh, the Padres. It's not arm, an arm injury he was dealing with. So I think Strom definitely has a shot at being a, a, a serviceable pitcher. Uh, Diekman is – you know, it's what we saw today is kind of just something that, that's, you know, that's the Jake Dykeman show. Um, he's going to have games where he can't hit the strike zone or people aren't chasing. He's also going to have games where he's striking out three people and looking unhittable. Um, that's what he's been his, for most of his career, and I don't see why that would change now. So, you know, it's uh, it's kind of just who he is. I don't think that – there were people when they signed him who were like, oh,
3: well, he's the new closer, and it's like, no, he's not. He should uh, not be a closer. <laughs> people forget what it was like to have a a closer that got erratic because uh if you if you remember the reason that Chris Sale closed out the World Series was because they didn't trust the closer that was on the roster at that time. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Craig Kimbrell was melting down in that twenty eighteen postseason. He very was, uh, much so completely rough, like, almost un unplayable, like in, in general. He was
3: really bad. And and that to Ed's point, that's kind of what you get out of Jake Deekman all season long but it's worth noting in the last three years he has 58 holds which leads all of major league baseball so he can go out there and and give you clutch innings red sox Nason just hasn't seen it this spring so of course you know they've got the pitchforks ready
4: yeah, I don't. Uh, I actually got somebody like I, I wrote a retweet to me that was like, it's been like this every game for him. And I was like, he's had he's thrown two I responded. He's thrown two spring training games. And this guy wrote back. That's too, too many. <laughs> Which honestly, like, OK, Hopefully. at least you mean, at least you're funny. Uh, but I mean, Hopefully. like, yeah,
1: like I don't I don't take too much stock in any spring training games. Like, honestly, it's it's just a weird time. Like a lot of guys are experimenting with stuff like doing weird things with our arm action, testing stuff out, working out all of the kinks. Like I'll, I'll save my, uh, my fire and vigor for opening day. Absolutely. I just want to
4: remind everybody that the Red Sox last year got swept in three games by the Baltimore Orioles. They did.
1: Oh my God. You know,
4: don't, don't get too high or low until June. That's all I'm
3: saying. Yeah. They did get swept by the Baltimore Orioles, but then they, they famously as section 10, Made everyone well aware. Uh, <laughs> finished the the first month, seventeen and ten, and oh, they yeah. declared them a playoff team at that time. So, good call on on their part for that. But it's it is easy to rebound in the early season. Um, we did also see the the spring debut and the the Boston Red Sox debut of Marcelo Meyer and Nick York, not Yorkie, Yorkie. York. Yorkie.
1: Like the dog, and, Yorkie? <laughs>
3: <laughs> and and these are guys that have been uh, uh very uh, hyped and very, very – we're all very excited for, really. And uh, it was nice to get to see them get plugged into the lineup and, and go out there and play. They didn't have the best outings so far this spring, but they're still young kids. They're going to go out there. They're going to get some experience, and it's just cool to see them up with the big club. Oh, man. you guys I'm- have any notes on them?
4: Myers swing. I was the first time I've yes. ever really seen it in game time. That is a, I, I, you know, it's like one of those things where it's like, okay, well I've heard the hype but I haven't really seen it. And then you see that swing against uh, a big league pitcher. And you know he walked his first time. Actually, a pretty good base runner. He went first to third on something that a lot of eighteen-year-olds aren't gonna know to go first to third on. So that was actually pretty uh, pretty nice to see that uh, he seems to have a pretty good in- in-game awareness.
2: But that swing, oh
4: man, that is a pretty swing. Um, yeah. yeah, that was my main takeaway. I didn't. I saw York hit, and it was like, okay, that wasn't it bad. It wasn't really. But I, you know, I saw New York hit a grand slam last mm-hmm. year, so. Like whatever. Like he, he's got a good swing too. It's just the first time you see it, you know. With Mayer, you're just like oh, that's like a knife into butter.
1: Yeah, to comment on the the uh, the base running thing at uh, eight, nineteen year olds or eighteen year olds wouldn't do. Uh, how about thirty year olds on the current Boston Red Sox <laughs> roster? This team is a uh, was a tragedy when it came to base running last year. That's something like I really hope they're a lot smarter with their aggressiveness this year with the bases. Like when Christian Vasquez leads your team in stolen bases it's a, it's a sad state of affairs. Like the absolute state of Red Sox base running the absolute state.
3: <laughs> yeah. Last, last year's Red Sox lineup was basically hit a home run or don't do anything. And, you know, to your point about base running, I I'm definitely hoping that they don't turn into the Red Sox that we've seen before where they get the bases loaded or get runners in scoring position. And then they only swing for the fences I love seeing small ball. I love seeing little C&I singles that drive in two runs. You know, that that gets me going right there. Seeing guys swing for the fences and pop fly or strike out with the bases juiced,
1: that that ain't it. 100% agree. And this was a real stat from last year. The Red Sox, they did make the ALCS last year. They were amazing at points. But last year, they were the worst team in baseball with a runner on third base hitting. The worst. Okay. It's a real Can't stat. Like and, yet,
4: and yet, that is how they beat the Rays in the playoffs. They had, I mean, yeah. the, the walk-off home run, but they had that sacrifice fly to, to clinch it.
1: You're right. You're absolutely right. It's wild. Baseball. Wait. <laughs> that, team, that team was either the best team in the history of planet Earth at hitting last year or uh, just complete bombs who belong in single A. Like, it, there was no in-between. <laughs> I love
4: that. Honestly, I love that team
3: just because – so
1: it same was, here.
4: Yeah, it was just like they they overperformed everything. It was just so much fun to watch.
3: And one of those guys that did overperform a lot, especially down the stretch, was Josh Taylor, who's going to be starting this year on the IL. Uh, that's another guy that, when he comes back, will be hopefully back to form and a, a very important piece in in you know piecing the of these games and and getting us to Matt Barnes as the closer, who who appears to be on track to have that job this year.
1: Don't tell Ryan Brady. Don't um, tell Ryan Brady sure gonna closer. <laughs> it's
4: going to be fun until July when Brady gets to gloat again after he starts getting lit up. Yeah,
1: I'm not a,
3: I'm not a really big Barnes fan either. Yeah. I know he can go out there and do the job for half a season, but I haven't seen him be able to piece it together for a full season yet. And You know, everybody's been saying, like, oh, yeah, he's the closer for the past three seasons now. But every spring training, there's always question marks around it. So if he's that dominant of a closer, you would think that, you know, that would be like, okay, we can stamp the C on that one and and move on. Mariano Rivera never had question marks in spring training if he was going to be able to keep his job.
4: I mean, if that's the standard for who we're (laughs) comparing to, then, you know, I'd hate to... (laughs)
3: Craig Kimbrel I mean, never I had questions. questions. You're like a
1: Kelly uh, Jansen maybe. I
4: right. don't know about that with Kimbrell. Uh, <laughs> at least here he shouldn't have had questions, but I think you could definitely find some fans that uh
1: Kimbrel's like a, is like the Matt Barnes is the diet version of Craig Kimbrell because at least Kimbrel, like he made the whole season like without falling apart, yeah. but then in the postseason he fell apart. Matt Barnes only made it halfway yeah. through. There's a true yeah.
4: case for Kimbrel being a Hall of Famer also, so I don't know if that's uh, – I'm not sure who, who who are, like, some great Red Sox closers. Like, Papelbom didn't Papelbon, really have question yeah. marks. Yeah, I would say Papelbom, but Papelbom threw a lot more strikes than those guys too. Um, yeah,
1: obviously 13 Koji. Yeah, oh, my God,
4: Koji.
3: He was dominant
4: in 13.
1: I he just want insane. Koji
4: closer every year, please.
3: Yeah. Always if that, who is, if who, that dude didn't get old, I would have loved to have him. But even in 13, he was like 74 years old or something. Oh, he so was, was. yeah. Ridiculous.
1: ridiculous. <laughs> like 04, who was closing that team? I know like Timlin was giving you a lot of late innings. Uh, who else?
4: That was Folk. 2004, Back, that was Folk.
1: Yeah, Back to Folk. I, I was too Red young Sox for that fans shit. Have to
4: yeah. Hear it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Folk, so much,
1: who Ed. for
4: some reason follows me on Twitter.
1: What do you mean for some reason? You're the best follow on Twitter, Ed. i um,
4: now, Hogdale, stop, stop talking about yourself in the third person again. <laughs> you know, I'm sick of your, sick of your I, humble
1: shit. I wish I had the, the Ricky Henderson confidence where just, <laughs> I'm just talking to the third person.
4: I think that you, I can see you being like, you're the man, Hogdale. You're the
1: man. Yeah, you're the best. You're the best. <laughs> He's got
3: a mirror right beside of his computer screen. And before we go live, he actually does that. He's like, he, oh he slaps God. himself in the chest a few times and it... it for the for the people that are watching that see the show every each and every day that we come on here live, you don't see what happens immediately before. Hog, Hoggell is an animal, guys. Oh yeah, I, I'm just telling you. I'm this, just going and take back here. He he does the LeBron James like throw the, the baby powder up in the air. No, I,
1: I I do the Triple H where I get the water bottle and you know and I just bounce on the back of the road and spit it all to, over my head. <laughs> Triple H retiring from in-ring competition. To, Good stuff uh, on that one. That's why he's on my mind. It's a bummer.
3: Yeah, yeah.
4: To uh, go back uh, to what you were saying though about Josh Taylor, um, that is a key piece of the bullpen. I think that he is a really because he was terrible in April. And then basically unhittable for like the next three months, and that's a. Uh, prob- He's your best lefty. Um, you have a lot more lefties now. You've got uh, Strom and uh, and Diekman joining the team, and you've got um, you know you've got Darwin's, and so you know it's not so much an issue of lefties. It's just that he was really one of your few consistent arms. Um, the bullpen is kind of in a weird place right now because who do you ha- who do you have that you really can depend on? And let's just say that Barnes is in early season Barnes form, so we'll count him. We'll count. Um, I don't even know. Salamoura sure didn't look good this year. Um, sorry, this uh, today. Um, who else do you have? Whitlock. You've got Whitlock, who might be a starter. Who else do you have?
1: I say, is is going to be in the bullpen or is he going to be in the rotation? Like either way, he's fine. Like Maybe. I like Richell a, a bullpen Thing is, like the the Red Sox bullpen is in a very weird spot because I could see it being really good, but also being completely dog shit. Like, and I believe you either way if you told me. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
3: like like you said earlier, they're either at the major league level or they
1: belong at single A. Yeah. <laughs> N- no in between. Can I just say also, like Josh Taylor last year? That's the thing that got me to like really get off Cora's back. Like, thought, you know what? I, I believe in you. You know, you you are doing things for a reason. Like he just he kept believing in josh taylor until eventually he rewarded his faith by literally being the best reliever in baseball for like three months
4: yep yeah yeah uh, he and, did
1: you know a lot of
3: rip brandon he died rip Brandon
4: just he's just standing there he hasn't moved <laughs> What do you think, Ogdale? Do you think that um, do you think that Bloom's gonna make another uh another move? Because I've been hearing that there might be something on the uh on the trade on the trade wire.
1: He's a wheeling and dealing kind of guy. He really never sits idly by, he doesn't like see like his hands wandering and doing other things. So I definitely could see them making another move, uh, whether for a starter or another bullpen arm. Like he just likes shuffling shit around. I mean, he's raised bread through through and through, and they love making deals.
4: Yeah, yeah. And for guys that you wouldn't quite expect, and I think that we're going to see some players that might have signed minor league deals that maybe didn't make the team that are going to become available. And I could definitely uh, see, especially in the bullpen where that's been an issue, um, I think that we're going to see, we could see that. Uh, move there. I mean, he already picked up that one guy that whose name I'm completely blanking on, who immediately got dropped again. And they picked up Ralph Garza, who actually pitched okay for the twins last year. I mean, it's just bullpen depth, but you know, you need, you need, you need a lot of arms, gotta throw a lot of shit against the wall and see what
0: sticks.
1: Yeah, I mean it's a long season. I mean you got plenty of time to just see what works, see what doesn't work. And actually, I'm just so excited for baseball. I'm so happy that it's almost here. Remember, like a few weeks ago when we were like depressed and in the lockout,
4: that was crazy. The the lockout was. I like honestly, I don't want to forget that so that in five years I can be like, oh no, no, they have to get something done now.
1: just make a deal
4: please it was an upsetting winter dude like i you know like i get seasonal depression as it is but like you know i usually have baseball to fall back on and just like that sort of thing and it was like oh there aren't even pictures of these guys online anymore what's going on here
1: that was so bush league from like the owners and stuff like (sighs) you don't want to come to an agreement with us huh well, we're taking all your pictures down off the website. Ooh, your okay. move, players.
4: Heady-ass shit right there. I'm sorry. Like, it was – you know, like, I was ready to go for minor league ball and everything. Honestly, like, it's – I'm not financially affected by anything that happens with the majors, but it doesn't – it just – none of it feels, feels right without it there. It's, like, just such a piece of normalcy. And, you know, yeah. the last few years have really – not been normal than having something that's like so major taken away. It uh oh boy, that uh that hit me good.
1: You know what's uh you know what was funny over this uh course of the week is a quote from Red Sox legend uh Dave Roberts. He he just straight up said the Dodgers are gonna win the World Series. And in a way I really do respect this man's balls. He's just like fucking landing on the line I'm like nah we're we're the best. We're gonna win. Like what of it? Yeah, no, I mean, you got to respect that. You got to, I mean, what's he supposed to say? Like, oh, well, we might, we might have a good
4: shot. I think we've got a good-. no, just say that you're going to win it all. Like, what are people going to do be disappointed if you don't? Like, oh, that man's a liar. He said we were going to win it and then we didn't. He's such a liar. Like, no, like, what's he supposed to do?
1: Now joining us, a uh, good friend of the pod, a uh, noted host of the Pesky Report, Brad Chandler, live from his car. Uh, Brad, how are you doing? I'm doing
2: guys I just noticed
4: that uh, Brandon (laughs) has some
1: issues (laughs) fucking guy dude this is what happens when you have Florida internet huh
3: no I'm I'm pretty sure my kid just pulled up a Ben 10 video or something on YouTube (laughs) and it just completely just destroyed me that motherfucker
1: Ben 10 I was always more of a Kevin 11 guy myself (laughs) 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 alright guys I'm gonna head out Okay, well, thanks for saying hi, Brad. Fucking ass. Have um, a good one. Also, uh, also, just to uh, say what I posted up earlier, you can't be a starter if you have two pitches. <laughs> wow, <laughs> Robbie Ray says hi.
4: <laughs> that was friend of the show, Brad Chandler, uh, <laughs> calling in from his car. Um, yeah. Was he looking at us, or was he looking at his phone? Was he looking at the road? I'm-
1: yes. You know, this is a really professional production we put together. I really pride ourselves on, you know, our production quality and standards. And <laughs> I love this. I just love it.
3: Yeah, it, it happens. You know, we're in a world that is oh, infinitely no. connected, and and sometimes it just doesn't doesn't like to work. It is yeah, what you it know. Is.
1: Brandon, well, we were just talking about this. What was your thought on uh, Dave Roberts just coming out and saying the Dodgers are going to win the World Series? You know, that Red Sox legend, Dave Roberts,
3: may have just sealed his fate as a manager of the Los Angeles Dodgers if they don't win at all this year, because that's a pretty big guarantee. And then you think about the roster that he has in LA, and if they're not able to win the big one with arguably the best roster ever assembled, then... If I'm the Dodgers ownership group, my patience is definitely worn thin. Uh, you can't you can't go out there and win the National League West 54 years in a row, and only have one World Series to show for it in a 60 game season.
1: <laughs> the Mickey
3: Shucks, Mouse
4: season. guys, uh, <gasps> oh, I've got some uh, I've got some news, uh, some breaking news that uh, the next round of cuts were announced. Oh, really? Spring training cuts. Um, the following were optioned to AAA Worcester, uh, Ronaldo Hernandez, Connor Wong, and Jaron Duran. And okay. the following were reassigned to minor league camp. Um, and one of those guys, I'll just start with it to ruin the surprise. Fitzy is one of those guys. Roberto Ramos, Silvio Brancho, Taylor Cole, Michael Feliz, Darren Gillis, uh, Jeff Hoffman, Zach Kelly, Roldani Baldwin and tomorrow's uh, guest on the podcast, uh, Cole Katab all uh, reassigned to minor league camp.
1: Okay,
3: man, that guy, that that's an episode tomorrow night. You mentioned Cole coming on here and Brad will be back Mm -hmm. on tomorrow night, not from the wheel of his car, but (laughs) at his, at his desk. And you guys are going to have Cole on here. And that's, that's one that all of the listeners, you need to try to make sure that you're watching live because this dude's mustache is big league, oh, yeah, yeah. big league
4: mustache, hundred percent. He's ready, and honestly, he's a um, he's fifty sixth on the uh, on the Sox prospects uh, top sixty. He's played in the Arizona Fall League last year. He's got he had a pretty good season, made it up to Double A, so he's somebody that um has been through a lot of baseball already, and um it's just it's going to be a really interesting interview. I'm really excited about it.
3: Absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I kind of took a detour with all that. And I, I know I gave my opinion on uh, Dave Roberts, but do you guys agree?
1: Do, no, do you no think the, the Dodgers love him so much as a manager. I really think uh, anything really, short of think... killing a man won't get him fired. Especially since I, he, even if it is a Mickey Mouse season, he won a World Series, like, I, honestly. I, I, I mean,
3: I think this is it for him. If he doesn't win the World <laughs> Series this year, I think it's curtains. And... done. <laughs>
1: I mean,
4: he's been in the playoffs six out of six years since he's been there. I think he's won a World Series. I, I think
3: he's I think he's okay.
1: Like, how are you going to come out and just literally like say, yeah, we're just going to win the World Series, dude. Like, you what know, of it. <laughs> honestly,
3: I think the reason that he wasn't fired after last year was the whole Bauer situation kind of stole the show. And they were like, okay, we'll give you one more. We're also going to give you Freddie Freeman – add another mvp to this roster i think they extension or not i think if if he doesn't deliver on his promise i think it's it's over and another guy that's made a a promise that he or a guarantee if you will that he will be a a world series champion is the new yankee knf
1: oh yeah isaiah kinderfela man
3: uh, ikf I- that's right yeah, i, I K-F. like ikf Hey, he's he said you can call him whatever you want as long as it's World Series champ at the end of the day.
1: So, <laughs> so who's a uh, quick question? Who's the Orioles shortstop right now? Is it still Richie Martin? I don't because I want to say like noted worst shortstop in the division. Trevor, uh, not fucking Trevor Story. Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, noted worst shortstop in the division has something to say.
4: <laughs> I I don't think that he's. Uh, I think whoever the Orioles have is probably a little worse. There. Yeah
1: right. I was like I wanted to say that. It's like who do the Orioles have. It's like some I, would,
4: dude. I would contend, though, that the Red Sox have two better shortstops than they him. They do.
1: <laughs>
3: well, the Red Sox have two of the best three shortstops in Major League Baseball on one team. I'm True. okay with it. And, you know, I, I made the point a few episodes ago. I love the fact that if, if the Red Sox are able to keep Xander and Trevor Story, then when the shift goes away, you've oh, got yeah. two shortstops that's yeah. beautiful those guys can cover more ground than the average second baseman so you would think less balls are going to get through your defense is going to be elite i love it
1: i have, obviously am excited for this baseball season but it's going to be so interesting when the shift gets banned like how things change in baseball it's going to be such like a massive deal like it's probably be, like one of the most fun seasons we've seen when it does happen next year
3: yeah uh, you know, I told you guys we try to keep it to about an hour, but we do need to get to some some of our user questions before we uh, get off the air today. So let's go ahead and jump into those before we, we kill any more time with me losing internet and stuff. Um, one of the questions that we got was via text message from our good friend Vinny. He said, how could the Sox rotation benefit from trading for Montaz or Minaya? Also, where does Duran start the year? Which you, Ed is already ah
4: spoilers.
3: Uh, Ed, yeah. Ed already let us know that one.
4: Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, no, Montes or Minea would obviously benefit the team tremendously. Uh, fun fact about Montes, he was actually initially a Red Sox. Uh, he was signed as a Red Sox and then traded uh, for Jake Peavy. Um, huh. So, what do you know? fun, interesting fun fact about Frankie Montes. Uh. I think he's the kind of workhorse that they could really use. Um, You know, you put him, when everybody's at full health, you put him in the number three spot and just watch him go. I also think that the uh, A's are, you're not getting him unless you deal one of York Yorker, Cassis. So, you know, buyer, but do you want to, do you want to use one of those blue chips on a guy that's Uh, here for two years? And, you know, so that's the, that's the question with it. Um, But yeah, no, they would obviously help, help the rotation a lot.
1: I mean, yeah, it would help the rotation, and also it would help the bullpen, too, because you're shoving one of those solid rotation arms into the bullpen as a long man. So, it obviously, would help the team tremendously, but, like, yeah, I'm not willing to give up a blue shipper for Montas. Like, the Red Sox, like, love their prospects, and really right, rightfully so. They got some studs in there. But I really hope Cassis can come up by the end of the year. It's going to be so electric when he comes up.
3: Tim is not a fan of ref Snyder making the team apparently Uh, salty on behalf
1: of a fitzy and you know what I respect it
3: (laughs) Uh, uh, Fitz Ted Williams jr. Yeah. Uh, Another, another user question we have is from Twitter and it's the Twitter handle at grumpy Greensman. I guess he works on a golf golf course or something. Maybe great at, uh, <laughs> uh is Pavetta going to shine, and I think Pavetta's already been shining since he he became a member of the Boston Red Sox, and I think that will continue to to be true to form this season, uh like we said earlier. Heim Bloom stealing Pavetta from the Phillies was an absolute stroke of genius, and that is why I stand Bloom.
1: yeah. We, I think we we all standheim bloom you know uh, almost everyone on the podcast does i think uh, Ryan Brady's probably the only one who doesn't but he's also started to come around since he signed story so oh, he also there.
4: he trade bloom traded for patheta who's like his husband so
1: it's true wow.
4: he did do that um
1: true. he if,
3: should be more of a bloom fan huh
1: <laughs> if you think about it yeah he really should be what a goon noted I, goon uh, Ryan Brady I think Pavetta. I think what we saw from him last year is
4: going to be the worst that you get out of him. I think that there's more there. I think that he's potentially um, the kind of guy who's not going to be a lot of. He's not going to have a lot of innings for you necessarily. Um, he'll get you through five though, and I think that he. But he could have a sub three ERA. I think that he's he's good enough for that.
1: And in the postseason, he's like the best reliever ever. So, oh yeah, yeah but you're gonna yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah. Just yeah. best reliever of all time in the postseason.
1: He's so good. God, it's He's I I good. I just hate everything when I think about like that ALCS and just how the team let Pavetta down in like that heroic performance. Uh, it just hurts. It hurts my soul.
3: <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, like the past two notable postseasons for the Red Sox we had starting pitchers that put on heroic performances in the bullpen in Nate and Pavetta. Now these guys are are pretty much fixtures in the, the front end of the rotation, and, and Red Sox fans absolutely love them. So that just goes to show, if you want to be a Red Sox legend, you have to do something significant in the postseason, and then people will think that you can do no wrong. Brock Holt.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, look how – For how many years people shit on David Price because, oh, well, he doesn't do anything in the postseason. And then some of that slander finally went away away when he did show up and showed out, gave some really solid postseason outings. Like, yeah, this fan base gives zero fucks about the regular season, like genuinely. Well, I mean, like I mentioned Brock Holtz deliberately. He has
3: the only cycle in postseason history but he's been signed to a minor league deal with the Atlanta Braves, but Red Sox fans are still like, we should have brought him back to be a starter. He's the guy. He's the guy kid. I'm telling
1: you. Yeah. Whatever. The greatest man of all time. Brock Holt. Love that guy. Uh but guys, I appreciate you joining
3: on the show today and I appreciate everybody that's been tuned in, listening and commenting along with us. It's been a lot of fun. I do want to have a regular season segment on our Sunday show where we, we talk about the guys down at down at Worcester a little bit and talk about um you know maybe the them coming up and, and you know kind of showcase a little bit of the farm system. We've got Ed on the show who does a lot with socksprospects.com. So why not tap into that knowledge bank just a little bit and talk about these prospects that are coming along? I think that's one thing that, that our uh, Sunday show can definitely have that differentiates us from a lot of other Red Sox podcasts out there. And plus, it's just another opportunity to talk about how great Heim Bloom is <laughs> because he's taken our farm system from the shambles that Dave Dombrowski left it in. And now they're competing to be a top 10 Farm system in the entire major leagues, so good on him and good for that, guys. Do you have anything else you want to add? I think we got everything. We think covered we covered everything. Hogdale twenty twenty four. Hogdale twenty twenty four. So get out there and uh, uh, hit the ballots whenever they uh, are, are ready. <laughs> and and for Ed Hogdale, I've been Brandon Brewer, and this is the Pesky Report. We thank you guys so much for joining us and for getting your Red Sox news from us. We're out of here. See ya. Thanks for watching.
1: Make sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Pesky Report. Make sure to like, subscribe, and leave a review. Thank you for
4: listening
1: to
2: this bell.